as a disclaimer, the views and comments made during this episode are those of the participants and do not represent any entity that they volunteer with or are employed by. Enjoy! Look at this. Look at this Shut guy. Look at him. Shut the fuck up. Fucking look at it. Shut the fuck up. Fucking look at the orangutan. He has sunglasses. Hey everybody, welcome to the most dramatic podcast where we discuss geopolitics, national security, and a bunch of nonsense over beers. I'm your host, Ryan Young, and joining me tonight is... Tom Durham. And Sean McGuffin. And we're recording on August 12th, 2021. So, uh, yeah, it's been a couple months since we put out an episode. <laughs> um, as usual, it's like herding cats, but because of everything opening back up. Uh, people have traveled a lot. Um, everyone's gone. Sean, you were gone for several weeks, it seemed like. Um, mm-hmm. Tom, you're leaving this weekend. Yep. Back to the great state of Washington. I wouldn't say that, but, you know, <laughs> that's just my opinion. Um, Never even been. I probably will go at some point. I'll probably go a few at some point, honestly. It's it's a lot of fun. It's, yeah. uh, it's like Oregon, but just better in every way. Uh, <laughs> so the listeners need to Google the uh, Pacific... Tree octopus? Yes. Uh, it shut, is. Shut, shut. So it's a fake. No, we're talking about this now. It's a fake thing, uh, like a, a spook, an, like a, a spoof animal that I convinced my girlfriend is real for about two hours. And she was like Googling tree octopuses. It's fantastic. Anyway. Listeners. This, this, do it. So this is a reason why I was worried about having two of you on the same episode. It has a website. We're, we're going to see how this goes. Save the Pacific tree octopus. But anyway, we're not talking about Washington State or how Oregon sucks. We're talking about. Um, <clears throat> Belarus. Ah, yeah. Everything going on in the recent, like, recent really, really this year, even last year. Um, but you know, before we jump to that, uh, we're gonna get into our beers. And today we're drinking the Elysian Contact Haze Contact Haze Hazy IPA, which on the can it says, "The day the world stood still, an Elysian brewed a hazy IPA. Rules were broken to bring you Contact Haze, a tangled chemistry of mild haze." Oh, bitterness and explosion of hop aroma. Bursts of bright raspberry, currant, citrus, guava, and passion fruit with a slight floral note. Hmm, okay. Brewed in the great state of Washington. You, you, you planned it from the beginning. <laughs> he was in Seattle, stopped by Asian Brewery. Mm-hmm. I like that a lot. Yeah, that's a really good IPA. Yeah, like I've, I've had other stuff from Malaysia. We've had some other stuff from here. Very consistent. Um, they just they've been doing they've been in the game a while and they know what they're doing. Yeah. I'm not the biggest for IPAs. Yeah, this is a fantastic IPA. Like you're on the wrong podcast. Then it's basically what we drink is IPAs. Like got the Tom Tom brought up IPA too. I was like I was like I'm not even one buying it this time. I knew you liked IPAs so. Ipa. Oh yeah, I'm gonna drink that real. Oh, first, how how much is in this? <laughs> oh yeah, what's, what's that? What's the alcohol it's content? It's not a double IPA, so probably not like twelve. I, I but what is the percentage? I don't even see it on there. It's also hazy. It's probably not that. Does hazy mean that it's a lighter? It's six. That's not bad. Yep, six. Okay. I mean, I mean, the contact haze. It's it's definitely a pun on contact high. Because well, it, it is the evergreen state, for, which also has dual meaning. Virginia just legalized pot too. Yeah, but and so our discussion table will revolve around <laughs> like, that. Goddamn, ten years too late. 
I mean, you're not wrong. We, but. Did, that in, we did that in 2012. I was there and saw the Space Needle, like a haze of smoke. People celebrating. No, it's just it always cloudy up there. That's also true. Yeah. <laughs> Belarus. 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 <laughs> not known for its pot. <laughs> no, no, not not yet. You know, maybe that'll change in the next couple of years. Who knows? And that's what we'll be talking about today: marijuana and Belarus. <laughs> That'd be a very niche topic. Um, so a lot's happened last year, mostly. The quick kind of I'll let Sean kind of take over a little bit in a second, but um, the big deal was last year Lukashenko there was an election he won by eighty percent which was bullshit and people protested and a lot of things happened. Uh, we're not gonna talk about it today because it's all the cover. But if you want to listen to that, we did an episode on that last year, episode sixty eight from Belarus with love. Hmm, sweet time. Yeah, I thought it was good. I thought it was clever. Also, if you're gonna rig it, eighty percent bullshit. Yeah, it's Kim either Jung-un, go all the way or don't Kim go. Jo- Kim Jong Un got hundred percent. Like, get on his level. <laughs> if you're gonna just fucking be a dictator, just do that. The what? um, but yeah, like last year, Ryan did a pretty good job of it. But it was an election where they had a pretty serious opposition candidate run, who foolishly expected the elections to be elections, uh, and so. I believe uh, the original candidate got arrested, and then she did yeah. Well, well, the original candidate got got, ele- got arrested. Then his wife then became the candidate instead, and uh, she ended up having to flee the country after the election was rigged. And I think she went to Lithuania, if I recall. I believe so. I don't know. If yeah. she, I don't know if she's still there or not. Uh, no, that's yeah, that's that's that I'm unsure on. Uh, but the protests were in the thousands. They were the biggest uh, protests that. Blues has had in a very long time. Yeah, since the uh, fall of the Soviet Union, I believe. Yep, yeah. And so it's something that uh, generally a lot of countries, uh, a lot of democratic countries, supported this. Uh, their president has been there since 1994 uh, and has won all the elections with the same amount of legitimacy and popularity. He, he might have been actually more popular in the beginning. That... I mean, that I, 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 it's basically, uh, uh, um, yeah. you know, international, like, recognized um, voting monitoring. What the fuck? What term are we looking for? Uh, Election monitoring. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they, they, the first one, they're like, he legitimately won. And after mm-hmm. that, it's very questionable. But he's basically like an off-brand Bond villain. Um, he's often referred to as Europe's last dictator. Um, which is disputed, but... It depends if you count Russia as Europe. Uh, that's the exact case, yes. That is yeah. the exact point there. Um, it, some people call Azerbaijan Europe, which... And also, it's like, just in the usual cases, because Maybe. Belarus has always been, compared to all of the other former Soviet bloc states, um, kind of the last, it's a holdout of where it's still, like, almost a... It's almost like the 1980s in just terms of, like... How stuff is run, uh, you know, being like a straight dictator, like ship. You got Lithuania, Latvia, Estonia, Poland, old boss, Czechia, same as the new boss. All of them, all of them, like have. They're all, I mean, to some extent, democratic now. I mean, some of them have, you know, their corruption issues. Um, you know, hungry, Poland, hungry, Poland, looking at you. <laughs> Poland also. <laughs> yes, yeah, uh, but at the same time, though, Belarus has always has been kind of the, the exception. It's still the one that's just a straight up. Really, a dictatorship, whereas a, the others are flawed democracies or well-functioning democracies. Hey, hey a lot of them are trying. Belarus, not so much. No. no. Well, they were trying, actually, legitimately trying, and then Lukashenko was like, ah, oh, actually, just kidding, I'm, uh, 
I'm going to stay in charge. But anyway, moving past what happened last year to what happened, what's happened so far in 2021, which has been a phenomenal year. Everything's gone well. Right? Right? Everything's good. I mean, it's... Is it better than 2020? Let's talk about that today on the Almost Diplomatic Podcast. I mean, that should be an episode. Not to to talk about the whole insurrection thing that happened earlier this year, which we never covered, which pissed me off. But hey, it always is what it is. Anyway, moving on. Belarus. So... I will um, get you off topic. (laughs) I mean, that's your goal, I mean, it's not been a great year in Belarus if you're Ryanair. Exactly. Unfortunately, not related to Ryan Young here. It's very much as... I wish Ryan was related to Ryan Air just so I could <laughs> get free flights as, as, as you read the article, Ryan Ryan Young was hijacked by. <laughs> I was new. I mean, to be fair, to, it, the thing too about it is Ryan Air. For those who aren't aware, has probably great. I'm not European, but from what I understand from European friends of mine, the frontier airlines, the frontier airlines of Europe, it is. Yeah. V- it is, yeah, uh, that, but that's being generous to it. From my understanding, it is the bargain bin, like, absolutely lowest of the low flight, apparently, airlines in Europe in just terms of you get on Ryanair if, like, it is literally what you pay for. Um, and it, and I, I guess just when you think their reputation can go lower, apparently now you can get just kidnapped on their own so, so so basically let's elaborate what happened um so Please. essentially in may so i forget which day like may but in may 2021 uh a ryanair flight was flying from athens to lithuania or from greece athens to vilnius 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 it should be vilnius that should, it should be the that'd be a cool fucking moving on capital but um it would fly uh was flying to uh Lithuania and flew over Belarus during that, and at some point, the tower in Minsk, which is the capital of Belarus, uh, basically radioed to the plane saying, "Hey, we got reports that there's a bomb on your flight from you know I don't know if they said they said Hamas at the time, but I guess who they blame for it." Um, and then a MiG showed up, yeah, <laughs> a, MiG a jet aircraft, fighter, a jet fighter aircraft from the Belarus uh, Air Force. And it was just like you need to land, and then like the you know the pilot made the decision. Okay, well this is a serious thing. I should I should land, and then he did. And then so they did. They like Belarus police, quote unquote, maybe or Secret Service. I don't know what they really you know basically the security, security forces in a, in a country like this. The lines are blurred. Very Gestapo like. Come on the plane, take two people off the plane. It was one was um, Owen. Yeah. Protasevich. Yeah, yeah I tried that. Yeah, and uh, his Russian girlfriend Sofia Sapaga. And uh, basically, he was a journalist slash dissident who fled the country before um, during when all the crackdown happened. He was basically running uh, media outlets outside of the country, basically to report on what's happening and kind of to, to support the protests against Lukashenko. And then um, what we saw, like, I think, in the next week or so later, is like basically him crying on TV, basically saying he's sorry. As was, yeah. uh, he's been on significant duress, the, forced confessions, just yeah. Soviet style. At, as uh, there's these reports that as they're sitting there on the tarmac, and you know he's well aware that crap, I'm in, I'm I'm back in Minsk. Uh, this isn't good. He's like saying to himself, "They're gonna kill me. They're gonna kill me," which is not something someone who's happy about being home says. Uh, and yeah, his his job that he had was he took video that people took of the protests and of the crackdown on those protests and he then got them out of Belarus using various, you know, 
apps and media platforms too. Yeah. A lot of the footage from Belarus and the crackdown there came through people like him uh, getting various means from his contacts out of the country, and that's how people saw what was occurring. Yeah, and the thing too that's to point out is they didn't really tell the airline to, to land because they can't technically forcibly land them. What they really emphasized was that they recommend that they land. That Especially when there's military boarding. aircraft behind you. Exactly. <laughs> But the reason is because they're not allowed to actually um, force down an airline through military means, through the a treaty that was signed in Chicago, obscure one, and in the what was it, the fifties, maybe forties, yeah, late, late 40s, early 50s, something countries like Countries agreed to uh, basically trade in terms of like you know civilian aircraft crossing their own airspace. Now, granted, that has been. Violated at times, like when the Soviets shot down the Korean airline, um, mistaken for a U.S. spy plane. When lots of people shot down different airlines at different times. Right. <laughs> but it has been updated since then. But essentially, though, it is kind of a, a kind of a showing of when you're flying over another country in their airspace, they can technically force the plane down and just yank you off the plane. Um, hopefully, this is a one-off kind of incident. But at the same time, the fact that they kind of got away with it might give someone like Putin or the anyone Ayatollah else or anyone yeah. else like some type of like I mean you think you think China wouldn't wouldn't see this as maybe an opportunity to Oh you're saying Hong that. Kong China sucker. just threw a threw, threw a, can, a random Canadian in jail in retaliation for oh, something yeah. Canada did to them not to be honest but like so we'll just put you know, someone like them may not attempt to do this as well Well I mean the US is on it too so like there was like I forget when it exactly was but it was like um basically after a cruise liner got hijacked in the Mediterranean. Um, Egypt basically chartered a plane for for the terrorists, like along with the Egyptian military, and a U.S. fighter jet. It was like you need to land now, or we're gonna shoot you down. So they landed in Italy, and then the Italians arrested them. And then the Americans like, oh, we want them back in Italy. And Italians like, no, no, it's ours. So take that, America. Yeah. But anyway, but anyway terrorists got close enough. Be pit- what a weird thing to be pity about, like. I mean, have you met Italians? I have. Funny thing about getting <laughs> off of it. Any comment? No comment. Funny thing about funny thing about this as well. The airliner was two minutes away from being out of uh, Belarusian airspace. So you know, one hundred twenty seconds to freedom, essentially, for this for this guy and his girlfriend. And people started calling it, you know, a piracy. They started calling it a, uh, you know. Uh, Air kidnapping and a bunch of other stuff. Call it a hijacking. Technically, not a hijacking because you have to be on the plane listen to hijack it. Listen, you. That's true. I know that, but technically, it's not air hijacking unless it's a Pan Am flight. What? Unless it's a Pan Am flight, it's technically also not air hijacking. Because what? No, pretty much every hair. Okay, every hijack, air hijacking, you look at when you look at like historically from the 80s, 70s, 60s, it was always a fucking Pan Am flight because they dominated the airspace. Or maybe they were, you know, they just... Quite, no, no, enough of you. Enough <laughs> out of you. Security was trash. Enough <laughs> out of you. Enough out of you, Tom. I don't want to hear it. Moving on. <laughs> but yeah, so, so I mean... It, it, what was Even it? for me, that's like... Well, well the, the, the reaction, like, immediately was basically to, like, have a lot of airline, European airlines not fly over Belarus anymore because yeah. of this. Like, which, which Belarus actually loses money when that happens. It's a couple million a year, but it's, not, it's still... Like, Belarus, like, 
we need everything we can get because our oh, economy is yeah. based off you know Soviet style shit, which is super stupid. Pipelines, shit like that. It's yeah. not the poorest nation in Europe, but it is definitely. It sh- but the, here's the thing: it shouldn't be, but it kind of is close to that because how dumb their program. It, progr- it their should ec- be far more wealthy is. than it is. Yeah, yes. exactly. Oh yeah, for what they ha- yeah for the resources they have. The resources, absolutely. the industry. Well, and that's what a lot of countries even. After the protests, there was a lot of sanctions. Uh, episode 60, fantastic. Um, but even after that, they then added more sanctions targeting individuals and institutions and stuff like that. Uh, a lot of people have been saying that, oh, well, this then you know, pushes Belarus further into the Russian sphere orbit, which it already was oh, yeah. to the almost, you know, to as much of it possibly Almost diplomatic? Could... No. <laughs> uh... Almost to the point where they have been discussing unification at different times. Mm. It is Russian media is like heavily consumed there, which is yeah. Really, it's I mean, also I mean, odd it because sense. it's just like when uh, because there's a lot of ethnic Russians in a lot of the in a lot of Eastern Europe, but Belarus isn't nearly as high as some of the other ones like Lithuania, um, Latvia, a lot of them. In a lot of these countries, it's like 20, 25, 15 percent of them are ethnic Russians. In Belarus, it's like seven percent. But they're the one of all of Eastern Europe that is by far the most hitched to uh, yeah, Russia, sure. to the point where a lot of people call, like, they're, they're basically their dictator. They're like Putin Jr. or discount Putin. I mean, the thing is, it's like they're very much still in the Soviet uh, mindset, I think. Like, at least the government has been since. But, yeah. You know, they're like, oh, we know Soviet Union still matters. Like, we're still loyal to, we're still loyal to Moscow. Well, well, but, you know, Russia is the... Spoken language of Belarus, the country literally means White Russia. Um, I mean, it's. I feel like great drink. White Russian. Yes. Agreed. And so now let's just discuss the White Russian, <laughs> where it came from. It's also on today's episode of Almost. It, it's also of um, a lot of the former, like a lot of so, a lot of the countries of Eastern Europe before breaking away from the Soviet Union, they had some kind of history of at least a brief moment where they were a republic or independent, like Latvia, Estonia, all yeah. of them. Belarus was, like, generally just, for a lot of its history, it for much weird. more of its history, has been a part, just a straight-up part of Russia than a lot of those other ones. So part of that is, like, historically ties, because it yeah. was part of the Russian Empire until the Russian Empire collapsed, from I understand. Um, yeah. I mean, it's much more complicated than that as anything. We're talking about Russia in it, 1919. It, and it was, yes. traded, it was traded between them and Poland for a very long time. Oh, yeah. Um, but it, so I guess it's kind of... There's this historical part before that, but at the same time, though, is part of the reason for a lot of these approaches that have emerged is just that the, the average law, the average Belarusian has not gotten better, just like Russia, over the past couple of decades. Uh, and, you know, we... If, if, it's not really a question, really, if Belarus had joined the EU. Not really. It doesn't have to even be NATO, but just, like, joined the EU and been more integrated with Europe, that they would have been much better off by now. Well, and, and the EU really doesn't want anything to do with them because they, they dislike a lot of the proto, at least, like, you know, authoritarian or just oh, strong-arming things happening in various countries in the EU. But they look at Belarus and they go, "You're not even nearly close." Yeah, it's like you're, oh, yeah, yeah, you're not, you're not nowhere to being anywhere near an actual democracy. No, no. We would want to accept you. Your economy also sucks too, and your, everything else you do is stupid. But no, so but it's, anyway, the hijacking, <laughs> I mean, the yeah. hijacking, yes. Anyway, the hijacking. So it's like so that happened, and like they're you know they've eased flights. I think it's kind of eternal to normal since then because it's been you know, I don't know five months 
since that happened. Been a minute. Um, so that 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 went on. That was a big deal. Um, and then we'll touch this very briefly, but like the sprinter at the Olympics, uh, yes. which is this whose name is. Yeah, I just yeah. want to hear Ryan attempt it. I know. I, I me too. Christy. Mm-hmm. God, fuck it. I don't know this shit. He's staring so intently <laughs> yes, right now. He is. <laughs> okay, so it's like... You want to confuse Ryan? Just put something in an Eastern European dialect in front of him. Tell mm-hmm. him to read it. But seriously. Yeah. <laughs> I used to work at the fucking World Bank. I was able to communicate with most people in the world, but this shit, I'm just like, don't fucking know. Christina Sinamuska Kaya? Oh, I can't do it. I just like to make oh, fun okay. of you. Oh, okay. Fuck you. <laughs> but anyway, so this, this, this 24-year-old um, no. sprinter at, uh, for the Belarus Olympic team was in Tokyo for the Olympics, obviously, which was great. America won the most uh, gold medals. Tim Yotsgaya? Sure. Yeah. Okay. I'll I don't know if you pronounce the T, though. No, more importantly, though, Taiwan in the Olympics beat China in one event, and it's really pissed off the Chinese. But I digress. We're not Back to the sprinter, though. No, Tom. <laughs> sprinter who? That, I mean, okay, two... Stroke just like defect like that in the in a country you've probably never been to, uh, in the middle of all this, knowing the ramifications of it. She ran to another she, country. She like, ran up to a Japanese police using a a translating app to basically be like, yeah. they're trying to take me. Please don't stop them." And like, yeah, please stop them. And then like, they're like, "Okay, yeah, cool, definitely, we got you." And What's then, going on? Just please? the absolute like, I mean, the bravery that takes, especially because knowing what might happen to her family there, uh, that. So basically, the story yeah. was like basically she talked shit for some of the coaches, and then they're basically like, "You need to go home. We're sending you home." And she's like, "Oh shit!" The this is I mean, the, the Reuters, which is normally kind of neutral. These Reuters called this a Cold War style defection. Like this is the kind of yeah. stuff that well, she's, in, she's in Poland now because Poland's yeah. like Poland's like we'll take your visa. Poland Hell will, yeah, we Poland will. will do anything. <laughs> okay. Part of it is Poland just will do anything just to spite Russia and let you know. Russia Junior, Little Russia. Um, it's literally referring to the referring to the government, <laughs> not to Belarusian people. Um, but yeah, so that's part of that is just like that's. It, I don't know the it, that definitely has now sparked. What we'll now discuss is round two of uh, what's where this is gone. <laughs> yeah, player yeah. like three enters the game. <laughs> yeah. What we're currently at. It's also the the way this started. It was touched on briefly. Was really silly and then got Belarus a bunch of bad press that they didn't had no reason to to get but they tried to uh put this woman whose name was mentioned very accurately by Ryan uh they tried to put her on a sport that she wasn't planning to be part of and so she her and the coaches started you know having an argument as you know athletes everywhere have ever done and they then decided to pull her from the team for first she went to the gram and said oh, some shit. she went to Instagram, talked shit, and then then they said, "Well, fuck you. We're taking you on a plane today back to Belarus." And she said, "I'm now definitely in trouble." She thought, and then ran as uh, as was mentioned to like the Japanese police. But who who fucking they were just like, "All right, cool. Yeah, we got you. No worries." I mean, if a woman good, good, good in Japan, if a good woman comes to you like screaming, they're trying to take me. I feel like the default thing is to be like. Okay, so whatever happens, everybody needs to stop going places right now. <laughs> I mean, if it was Colleen, I'd say just take her. 
Bad. No, that is not what you do, Ryan, and you know that for a fact. I mean, we've all, we've all. No, no, I'm looking at you very seriously right now. I'm only saying this now. She's going to have to listen to the episode. That's, that's a good point. That's a good point. All right. We've all, uh, you know, I mean, we've all posted things on Instagram, Co- gotten us in trouble, but have, but posting something on Instagram that uh, causes you to have to defect from your nation—that's um, not the first time I've heard of it, but that's definitely a 2021 baby. It's a special case. But again, I mean, just also the fact, but like just to do that though is particularly when you defect from a nation like this. A lot of people forget is whether it be Belarus, North Korea, you leave all you, your stuff behind. Well, not just leaving Everything. your stuff behind, but like you your really family. put your family at risk. Anyone you know, even just by association, and plus too, in a lot of these countries. A lot of the secret police, they really aren't all that smart. They're they're going to harass if they haven't already. Some people there that they think know her that probably don't know her, and now these people's lives are going to be even worse. I mean, it's, like it's it's they don't you know because their records are shitty and they're just paranoid. I mean, here's the thing, I, I, just to better illustrate your your comment on the secret police a lot of these countries. It's like trying to put a square peg through a fucking circle. Oh yeah, with a, with a hammer. Well, I mean, and or, and, it, or as uh, Mark Twain called it, um, trying to every man with a hammer try, sees every problem as a nail. Yeah. Uh, well, and and even and even to get on more of like this was an almost self-inflicted wound by Billy Goose is that she even said like I do not want to be political here, but I'm now simply worried for my own safety, and so therefore, yeah, it, it, the please was, do not send me back. The was very just like a desperate move. It wasn't like oh, it's something that I planned doing or like so make some political oh, statement. Oh yeah, it was just absolutely. Like, like, oh shit, this is going super wrong. It's like, I probably, I, she probably didn't like what was going on in Belarus in the first place, but she's like, oh, and I'm going to stay and be my emblem athlete for my country and blah, blah, blah. And, and she, she, you know, she, she has medals. She won several. Um, oh, did she win medals? I, I forgot how. I, I, I know at least one she won for part of like, the relay team, and I think she won another one. Watch for her come back for the Paris Olympics right, as Poland. a refugee. Like, no, 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 so, no, for the Olympic, I'm pretty sure Olympics is similar to FIFA, where once you've competed for a nation, you can never compete for another nation, even if you're like dual citizens, to stop people from like. So, but you, she could come in as a refugee. Uh, part of the refugee team, like independent athletes. So then, watch her do that, and then just like smoke some Belarusian and another. Well, that but, would be some. That would be movie. Well, I mean, but right also there. the Belarusian team is not known for being like, you know, like we're the best ever. It's, no. not, it's not like Russia or a China. Lot of these, or a lot like of your, I forget every every Olympics until the summer Olympics. Know how much Eurasia loves martial arts, judo, and all oh, these yeah. like that's that heavy like weightlifting too. Oh, yeah. it, it's yeah. one of, that's that's something that is always enjoyable. At the Olympics is finding all these sports that. Some countries that that's the only one they care about, they're obsessed with. America sends somebody there, like Britain does, but we have no chance of ever getting the judo gold medal or things like that. Just because it, for every American who's really good at it, there's a whole bunch of Macedonians, uh, Belarusians, Russians. <laughs> well, um, who else was in there? The Turkmenistan, Kurt, uh, Kajikistan, all these people. They're just that's their sport. Like that's they are obsessed with it. It's actually kind of crazy and awesome at the same time. Anywho, but moving on from that. So, in retaliation for uh, <laughs> yeah. this, Belarus not to be outdone. It's, I don't know. I don't know if it's exactly like um, a a retaliation. At least, at least to Lithuania, but like definitely to Poland. Oh, absolutely. Uh, but like, so basically, there's been Minsk, and so Belarus is basically taking refugees from you know places like Afghanistan, Iraq, other places that are having you know significant issues, and then. Basically taking them to the borders of Lithuania and Poland and being like, 
There's more the to go. The, uh, the the number of refugees from Belarus to Lithuania went from 87, I think it was, last year, to around 4,000 this year in an attempt to just fuck on a, uh, a much a smaller neighbor. And that's also, yeah, we're warming because uh, Lithuania is, like, what? Uh, Not 3 million people. It's two, probably, two, yeah. 2.8. 2.8, yeah, like About. 3 million people. And I remember it was, was, like, they expected to be, like, what, they stopped by 47... 45, there's some kind of number about that ballpark range of illegal immigrants a year. They've already been absolutely overwhelmed. Um, they've been asking for EU for help. And they've even themselves said that, like, the they pretty much basically have described the situation, the accommodations they've set up for all the refugees there, tents and all this, barely adequate. Like, they, they really can't sustain it. It'd be kind of be just, like, dumping a ton of refugees on, say, what's a U.S. state with, like, 3 million people? Uh, Connecticut. Just dumping a bunch of them in Connecticut and be like, here you go. And Connecticut having to deal with it all on their own. Um, and also in their their neighbor's hostel. Which, I mean, to fair, they, they border Massachusetts. So, yeah. I've had people then. They're crazy. <laughs> their drivers are nuts. I was there last week. <laughs> so here... So I never saw a single speed cop in Connecticut. They were going like 25 miles per hour over the speed limit. It was nuts. And we're going to talk about that today on almost of my podcast. Driving the United States. But so basically, if you look... To be fair, So one thing to be fair, though, is definitely, I mean, these refugees have been through a lot. A lot of them are Christians from Iraq who basically escaped literally a genocide by from yeah. ISIS. Uh, now to be in the welcoming arms of the Belarusian government that shipped off. To be fair, though, uh, I mean, I... I would wager that even their lot, their situation in Poland and Lithuania, they're probably being not treated as well as they should be, or that they have the right to be, but probably better than Belarus. But that doesn't excuse what's happening to them. Well, Belarus is basically only letting in refugees to fuck over to their neighbors. Oh yeah, like, but, they, but it's like at the same time, like it's not facts. I'm like, because like, cause like I, I deal with, I'm dealing right now from I'm not going to do what my job is exactly, but I'm dealing with the Afghan situation. He works at Walmart. Yeah. I know the situation in Afghanistan. Every fucking yeah. He works in the one in Kabul. I'm doing the situation in Afghanistan every day, uh, and it's kind of like it's it's just like oh this is really bad. I'm like a lot of people are getting out, but it's also like this is not the way to handle it. So it's no. kind of like, they're, they're weaponizing people to basically further their political oh, goals. If you're weaponizing episode. people who are already traumatized and have been through worse than any I wish on any person. And some of the and now they're they're being now shoved yet up again. I mean, it's the least some of the least enviable positions on the planet at the moment. <laughs> oh, yeah, it, it's it's just doesn't help a lot. Um Lithuania has passed some laws in their parliament that civil uh, human rights groups have criticized. Um some of them were just hastily done, but a lot of it was just so they could accommodate a lot of this. Yeah. And they claim they're processing a lot of things, but from what I understand, they so far haven't approved, as last that I read, um, they have not approved any actual, like, asylum statuses to a lot of them, and they're trying um. to try and to just, they're going to try and just send a lot of them back home, um. uh, which is not... It's problematic right in ways. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, um, in several ways. Well, <laughs> well just, just to comment there real quick, it's like, it's like in the past week, like uh, six EU countries uh, signed similar to the uh, European, Union, European Union Commission or Executive or whatever to basically say uh, we need to stop not having deportations to Afghanistan because basically people who are failing... Yeah, they're, 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 you know, they're, they're failing their asylum... Uh, like requirements, and they're like, okay, we gotta send you back. Was like Afghanistan's fucked right now. 
So it's just like, but and so so many countries have reversed it. Like Germany and Netherlands and Belgium, I think. Nah, not not Belgium. Belgium's still bad. I think it's, I think but I believe as of you know August twelfth, I think Belgium's still being asked. Well, I know Germany and Netherlands uh, have rescinded that uh, situation. It's probably the Netherlands has. Uh, just considering how a lot of uh, Netherlands, Denmark, all that whole area has just treated a lot of refugees in terms of like sending them, a lot of them back to destroy up war zones. That's a whole other episode. Um, but also, like, the but, but the thing that I found was kind of, the, uh, for lack of another word to put it, interesting uh, <laughs> about, about the... So Belarus, like, just threatened that they'd keep sending over not only refugees, but they said they would open the border and just let through drug traffickers, human, uh, human trafficking, all that kind of, like, through their borders. But they also weirdly included in their statement, uh, which normally would sound like a normal threat from a crazy dictator, they also included that they would not stop nuclear material uh, from coming over. Oh. So, which is, I think it's, I would call it most probably a bluff. I mean, granted... They only have one nuclear um, reactor. Yeah, facility. They have one reactor, though it is uh, not too far from the border of Lithuania. Um, but it's only one reactor online. They're building it. Came online last year. But so it, 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 it just seemed like a very strange thing to randomly insert in there. It's it's kind of like if Canada suddenly you know threatened to send over the U.S. We're gonna send you know, our all our drug dealers, Attack human polar traffickers, bears. and and moose. and set in uh, yeah and crazed moose, crazed moose, and you know nuclear materials like just a random thing just kind of thrown in. But so it's they're, just kind of it, they're if called that hockey was just, fans. If that was just so, what kind of worries that is. I, I what do you guys think? Is that more uh, a uh, East European dictator just <laughs> making crazed threats, or is he or is that actually like? I mean, he, I, it has to, in my just, mind, it has to be, but I feel like it goes to generally the fact that we're not, just, we're not going to care what yeah. goes back and forth, which technically could include of, if you're just saying carte blanche to anyone rolling over with a, you yeah. know, a truck that says, please do not look inside. It's, it's also like, the, there's, there's no nuclear weapons in Belarus, if I'm correct probably true i don't I, russia would ever get no oh, no no there is not there hasn't it, been for a, there hasn't like, been for a long time nato like we'll put bait we'll put missiles in there you want honey you know but it's like but um um <laughs> Good I'm, not, I'm not saying like i think it's, but, it's just it was such a weird specific you know, inclusion to such a generic well, like we'll send open the floodgates kind of state we're not going to have any actual border police Things going one way, strangely. The, yeah. the nuclear material thing is like so. Like I'm about one percent doctrine, which is like prepare for the worst thing. So it's like you like you have to take that fucking seriously. Just if you don't, it's like when it does happen, zero. We fucked up. So it's like, but then it's like, both will face significant fucking problems. Like for I mean, they're already getting sanctioned from up, you know from the U.S., which we're we'll going to jump to in a second uh, to transition a little bit, and you know. That's a threat, and it's gonna fuck up their their shitty state-run yeah. organ agencies. You know, they basically all like, where all most of the most of their money comes from. It's also just too. It's when you're dealing with a country like this that is a dictatorship, and their their back is against the wall, and they're going to they're only gonna get more aggressive and more like more desperate for all their ploys. It's, you still have to approach it with the matter of like, like I said, like the one percent if. Because he did, just because they mentioned nuclear material, you know, more than likely, yeah, nothing will come out of that. But then all of a sudden, you also have to, like, 
still plan for what well, what if they do like something like or this too intentionally or un- unintentionally based off of them not caring what kind of goes back and forth exactly um so that's something you kind of have to uh to prepare for these kind of things. Be, I mean, it's, be aware of at bare minimum. Yeah, there's there's a long history of dictators releasing all sorts of stuff into other countries. I like I, I personally definitely think it is a bluff because it's a thing where the the cost to benefit of the benefit is you get to fuck with your neighbors and you know annoy them or you know harm them for make you sound more dangerous than you are for. It makes you look a lot tougher, and you get to stress the institutions of your neighbors for harboring dissidents and exiles. Yet, the idea that, oh, well, there's now a sudden, like, a dirty bomb attack somewhere in Vilnius, not yeah. Vilnius. Uh, I would change, that's what I would change the, the capital title uh, to. Uh, send a letter to the to, to Lithuania, just... Better yet, let's just have, let's just send you there, and you can just start telling the people of Lithuania. Anyways, but the idea the idea that an attack of... Or something of like a nuclear nature is then chased back to Belarus. That then becomes a uh, crisis of vast international proportions. That a regime that is already not fantastically popular, as shown by last year's protests, uh, it's it's not like it's oh, yeah. not worth it, dude. Well, I mean, as I'm talking like to a head of state, that, that, that sounds like I mean that just sounds like a situation that even Switzerland would break the neutrality and be like, yeah, this isn't cool. Of tr- of allowing nuclear materials to cross interstate borders, or that would cause like a dirt. Well, I mean, yeah. Switzerland also known for taking Nazi gold, but hey, they're the good guys. Um, <laughs> oh, get fucked, Switzerland. Um, <laughs> but no, um, Ryan's famous vendetta against Switzerland is shown, and we're going to talk about it today. <laughs> yeah, I'm almost done. Now we're going to pivot to talk about the Swiss cheese cartel, which was a real thing. Uh, if you haven't, um, everyone right, should right, look up the Planet Money <laughs> What if they smuggle nuclear material America. inside the holes that are inside Swiss cheese? What if they're part of the game all along? Oh my god. Today on Almost Up Mac. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> but anyway, um, so the US uh, and, and, and Britain notably uh, issued more sanctions against uh, Belarus this Af- past week. After the Sprinter incident. I, th- I think it was it's, it's a lot of things going on it's like the, it was kind of the final you know a straw type yeah. thing came on the back but it's like you know basically they targeted a bunch of like state owned like enterprises yeah. like one is like the Belaruskali OAO how are you so bad at this fucking Irish man like, <laughs> like I don't fucking know you're not, you're not fluent in Belarus <laughs> It's, I think it's which, which, which is it basically it's a stadium company that basically produces potash for t- fertilizers which is like like not plutonium it's uh potassium and then it also like disposes of like materials which is like what, what are you dumping in your ground Belarus <laughs> like, they, make, they make fertilizers is what yeah. I'm saying yeah. okay <laughs> yeah allegedly allegedly so, the, so basically it's like they're the Sopranos they're in waste management <laughs> I mean, kind of. <laughs> Even for me. Now we're getting. So anyway, anyways. So back to Belarus, the Sopranos of East Europe. Um, I'm not sure. I, I so, don't think they deserve that title. Who the Sopranos or Belarus? Yes. Is Tony Soprano an antihero? <laughs> Today I'm almost mad. We'll discuss a no. show that's been off air for twenty years. <laughs> off air, but in our hearts. Anyway. And in Belarus. <laughs> Anyway, sanctions. Um, sanctions. They were. They increased pressure. 
from both the United States and the UK, and uh, a lot of the European Union in in general is one just hailing uh, different uh, this particular sprinter whose name was again correctly described by Ryan, Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if more sanctions come through the EU or through individual EU countries. Definitely. Wait, oh, I mean, Belarus had the most mature response, which was basically to take away the... We, we had a, a ambassador going. Uh, oh, yeah, the ambassador was not allowed in the country. Julie, yep. Julie Fisher was supposed to go, and they basically rescinded the agreement that she'd be ambassador to their country. And then the U.S. reduced their staff there, because they're yeah. like, well, we don't want to play with you anyway. Yeah, I'll take away. To be fair, if you're a foreign service, you know, foreign service officer, like, I don't think Belarus should be one of your top five choices to be no, stationed. probably not. Or maybe it would be. I don't know. There are a lot of countries. I wouldn't be the it'd worst have a, it'd, it'd have a good story, at least. Would. Like a hostile country. There's a lot of tone pack there. Moving on. <laughs> anyway, uh, so we, yeah. so more sanctions in Britain kind of also responded. Uh, you know, it's also, doing similar. So, yeah. so the good question though, I guess, is like with the sanctions, is will it do anything? Will yeah, will it do anything, or will it simply just drive Belarus out of necessity and will survive closer to Russia and more dependent? Because Russia over uh, the past years has made its uh, like Putin to protect itself from more tensions made their economy more insular. Has it made the, the average Russian better off? No, of course not. But the but for the sake of protecting him from blows from like continued sanctions, they've done this. So like will they just this just drive Belarus to just in more integrate itself I, with I, Russia I, I, I think, think, Putin, I, think Putin, I think Putin's just waiting to put uh, Lukashenko in the old person's Dasha. <laughs> and, I assume uh, that's a metaphor. Basically, basically, no, or maybe not. Maybe not. You know, it would just be like, so you're retiring from being president, and you're going to live in somewhere outside he, Moscow. He's, he's proved surprisingly the president of Belarus, surprisingly resilient to particular Russian uh, assertions over their sovereignty. Not most, but yeah, certain particular true. ones. And he has lasted longer than uh, what's his face from a that basically just straight up fled Ukraine. Um, the beginning of the whole instance that, that led to yeah Russia. during uh, yeah during uh, the Ukraine wasn't in their sphere oh, nearly anywhere to the extent that Belarus Pen- is. Penchenko, but Penchenko, something, something like that. Hold on, I'm gonna look it up. He's gonna look it up and pronounce it fantastically. Exactly. But yeah, he did at last the the foreign president of Ukraine back in 2014, I believe. Yes. Yeah. And, and so, but part of it is just too is like um, it, I think part of it is you kind of may, might have saw what happened there with Ukraine and. Held out like abs, yeah, absolutely. Like just because uh, I mean the protests, Belarus, Ukraine. There's a lot of parallels we made between the two when that happened, just because of the extent of what was, just the level of it, the severity of them, just the amount of violence that was going on. I, I'd say the ones in Ukraine were response. far. I'd say the ones in Ukraine were far more intense. They were, uh, they were, but it, there's oh. still a lot of parallels that were made. I thought, to I, thought the I could two. pronounce this, and I definitely can't. Yan- Yanukovych? Yanukovych? Yanukovych. Yeah, Yanukovych. Yeah, yeah. So he was there, and then, um, you know, my Don happened, all other shit happened, and then he, they're like, you're my Don, like that's you. what it was. And then he uh, got the fuck out, and he's, he's been hanging out in Russia ever since. But, as one does, when but, they have nothing to hide. Yeah, yeah. But, but to... I.e. Edward Snowden. But, but to your... Don't say his name on this fucking podcast. <laughs> that's a whole different discussion as well. And again, you know much I love the segues. But to the question of what you're about to say of, does it push uh, Belarus more into Russia's arms? Technically, yes. Personally, and you all might disagree, I do not think that matters. 
Uh, Belarus was kind of already headed that way anyway, and sure. until until their current president is no longer there, it's not like it's going to suddenly become a state of civil liberties. Oh no! Or a state of no no a, a state yeah. that really we want to have be our friend anyway. Uh, speaking as the generally democratic, generally you know first worldish exactly. So uh, I guess in the Cold War sense, yeah. It, it, it could very well just likely accelerate trends that have already been going on. It's just, um, at the same time, though, like, it does give Putin some leverage, though, for before, because he was trying to infringe even increasingly on Belarus' sovereignty. Yep. Yep. And so now that Belarus had less that they're getting from the outside, that does make, by increasing them more independently on Russia, naturally, this gives Putin a lot more leverage over him. Uh, and so he might go to that dacha. You mentioned. Um, Be soon. told to go to the dacha. And then suddenly, yeah. You know, <laughs> uh, if a Khrushchev is pulled and they said, suddenly you're sick, please retire. <laughs> yeah, or, or yeah. worse or you know, worst case scenario, then suddenly, uh, you know, we all wake up one day, turn on the news, and suddenly we're like, no, Belarus is not a country. It's just the it's just the Russian state. It's the Russian Taiwan. Uh, I feel like that's even, I mean, that's even, it is not, a, uh, that's even a flawed metaphor, because that's at Russian least... Russian Taipei. Those, no, it is totally fraud. Uh, no, but what I'm trying to say is like it's it becomes more integrated to the point where it's essentially it's like the satellite states from uh, yeah old that we're not that we're just puppets. Well, there's there's been explicit discussions of the two unifying into a single political entity, which has been opposed by Tymoshenko. Isn't it called or, the, yeah? It, it, the exact term for it is the Union State. Yeah, they signed. Yeah, yeah, but that that had a lot of ties that then got backed off of. Um, that then got backed off of, and they've... It's opposed. not really like for Belarus... I mean, be honestly, it's not really for Belarusian sovereignty. That cares about it. It's about his own sovereignty. Uh, a bit of column A, a bit of column B, when they're effectively the exact same thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, great conversation, guys. We're out of time. Um, You're out of time. Cut. Is Belarus out of time? Lukashenko. Maybe. Is democracy in Belarus out of time? I hope not. But uh, anyway, uh, yeah, so we're out of time, and maybe we'll do an episode another year like we did last year. Who knows? We'll see what happens. Hopefully, uh, things can kind of balance out, and uh, they can find some decent leadership. In that and now, the Pacific Tree Octopus. Anyway, that was almost automatic. Thanks, guys. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for having us. Bye.